I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I don't even trust me putting blanks in the gun. I don't trust that those bullets got labeled correctly. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1972. Um, what? Well, you, that's the second time you've done that. 1974. Wow. The fuck? Um, so, I, guys, I, mean, Jenny's... I can't even answer the question what year I was born today. That's Jenny's that's coming at you from a wind tunnel. You're just going to have to deal with it. The humidity in New York City is like 99%. It's like a real feel of like 109 degrees or something crazy. So, so we both have our air on. Mine's quiet, hers is loud, but I'm also yep. in a different room that Jenny tells me is kind of echoey. It's super so. echoey, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I open the door, because the door is echoey. I don't know what that means. I don't know how a door is echoey. Tell me, is that better? No, it's worse, I think. It's a little worse? No, maybe that's better. It is. The door, But I I'm feel like you, having your door open is a risky move. No, everybody's quiet. The kids are out to lunch with mom. Okay. okay. All right. All right, Go. Jen. Off off the top, I want to have a Gen X current events discussion. Okay. Did you see the kid from the Nirvana Nevermind album oh, is suing Nirvana? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who does that? Who does that, guys? Is he a millennial? He's a millennial, but here's the thing. What's weird about this is, like, five or six years ago, he was, like, embracing this. He had never mind, like, tattooed on him. He was, like, signing autographs. Like, he was embracing He Didn't he do a reshoot of it as an adult, but not an I don't know. I don't know. But, like, what What a dick. What a dick bag. He's probably broke. He's going after Kurt Cobain's estate. Like, the Nirvana. No. No. Dick bag. Courtney Love should just go punch him in the face. Or murder him. Okay. Um, alright, so the other thing I want to address is, did you see they're remaking The Wonder Years with a black family? I and Don Cheadle is the voiceover. Oh, love him. Love him so much, and it's really interesting because it's gonna give the whole person of color perspective. Of the same time period? Of the same time period. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I cannot wait for this show. Yeah, that'll be good. 
It's going to be so interesting. It's really, really cool. All right, anything from... Oh, and I have a recommendation for watching. Okay. Guys, I don't know who gave me sweet, sweet, sweet Ted Lasso in my life. Oh, I heard this is, is so good. It is so fucking amazing. And when I first started watching it, I was like, this isn't that great. Like, what is everybody talking about? Like, he's just super sweet. And now I'm, like, in love with the whole show. Yeah, it's, I heard it's awesome. It's... No one would ever think I would watch something so wholesome. It is wholesome, but it's, like, funny, kind of dark. It's is just that, great. Is that, like, The Good Place? You, I didn't like that. I didn't like I The didn't Good like Place. I didn't like The Good Place. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't like a lot of network television. Yeah, I agree. Me too. Yeah. I'm kind of a snob. Okay. All right, guys. So today we're looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 5, Episode 19. Another installment of Harriet is the Most Horrible Human Being on Earth, the late Kezia Monster. Jenny? The description reads, Kezia is an eccentric lady living happily in her house outside Walnut Grove, but when she neglects to pay her taxes, the property is put up for auction, and Harriet Olsen flaunting her wealth purchase it as a summer home she moves into the house with her kids and allows kezia to stay only if she agrees to work as a maid laura albert and andy hatch a plan to help kezia reclaim her home okay jen high level thought um i remember this episode it's funny i did too i liked it we got a little of uh of winoka nels back in it little winoka nels a <laughs> little bit Harriet the Monster. Yeah. And a little um, Reagan era brainwashing about taxes. Yes. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. All right, Jen. So we open on the schoolhouse, and I don't know if you noticed, but Bandit was outside sleeping, waiting for Laura and Albert. I just have that. I don't know who Bandit is. Reverse Lafayette Beetle is passed out on the church stoop. (laughs) And then the kids come out, and he doesn't even move. No. The kids are getting out for someone, and they're super excited. Laura and her posse head over to see Kezia, who's busy steaming open some mail. <laughs> and, her, she's and it steam- sounds like her temp gig is over, though, also. Yeah, she's steaming some of Harriet's mail, and the letter is letting Harriet know they're all out of the French corset she ordered. Oh, my God. Okay. I didn't need to know about Harriet's undergarment. No, I would be fine not hearing about that. No. So the kids tell Kezia they can come to her house almost every day now. She says they're always welcomed at Lake Kezia. They can't wait to go fishing with her to sing sea shanties, which reminded me of that trend that is now around on TikTok with the sea shanties. I don't know what that is. <gasps> what? There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a bully of tea. The winds blew up her bird up down oh, below my bully boys blow. <gasps> Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Okay, I don't know what okay. that is. Okay, all right, I'm sending it to you immediately. Let me okay. write down sea shanties. Oh, you're going to write that down? Write sea that down. shanty. Are you writing that down on a sheet of paper? Okay. And they want to hear all the stories about her amazing husbands, all five of them. Yeah, it sounds like she was married five times. Because apparently, Jen, they do this all the time, yet we've literally never seen them do this, not even once. Never saw it. She was married five times, and none of those husbands are alive. Red flag. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. says all of her husbands were good sailors, but all of them are gone to sea. All of them. 
Dead. All of them. And I'm like, where did this happen? How five is she for five. here? Like, <laughs> so they give the impression, and she refers to it later, that she lived in Scotland. So I guess well, she lived... yeah, maybe. I guess she lived over there most of her life and came here. Because nobody's going to see in Minnesota. No, no one's going to see in Minnesota. Nope. So talk about moving from the beautiful sea to a real landlocked situation. So that would be a good prequel, aim. How did Kesey get to Walnut Grove? Oh, yeah, I would do Kesey's story. Yeah, that would be a real story. I think she'd be murder- murdering her, those husbands. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. All right, later the Olsons are hanging out, and Harriet announces they're getting a summer place, a place to get away from the bustle in the city. And Nels is like, what bustle? He's like, what bustle? Which city? He's like, there was three people in here yesterday. <laughs> now, you know that we're always picking apart the continuity here? Yes. So he, she tells him she's going with the children and he can stay here. And he's like, oh, that's real nice, but all right, whatever. Okay, so put a pin in that. Okay. Okay. So she says she already ordered the summer furniture. But it's a surprise as to where this place is. Oh, boy. Cut to the kids fishing on Lake Kezia, which I think is a small pond. It's a pond. Yeah, I think it's a pond. So you know the pond that is by my house that the in- my in-laws Yeah, have? it's kind of like that big. It's about that size. Yeah. That's a that's a four to five acre pond. And it seems like um like it's got all the sea like not seaweed, but it's got all the like the, the stuff in it. Like it's it feels cooks. like seems like a pond, right? It's cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Lakes are way bigger. Yes. The kids are all stuffed from eating their fish and the house is okay. It's like a small cottage. Mm-hmm. Uh the kids we have a lot of those up here. I live literally our school district is called Lakeland. Because I live probably around, I would say, four major lakes. Like, major for our area, not major yeah. like Lake Erie. But, like, pretty big lakes where people have a ton of these little cottages. Like, this is a thing. And hers look just like yep. a regular little cottage. So, she starts telling them the story about her third husband riding on the back of the Loch Ness Monster. I have an index card. <laughs> Okay. I love the Loch Ness Monster. Of course I'm going to I do know. That. I'm into it, too. I'm into it. What is the Loch Let's Ness go, Monster? Let's go. Wait, wait, wait. Gen X field trip. Let's go look for her. Yeah, that, I would totally do that. Okay. I would totally do that. The Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie, is a large marine creature believed to inhabit Loch Ness, Scotland. However, much of the alleged evidence has been discredited. Reports of the monster date back to ancient times, the first account appearing in a biography of St. Columba in 565 AD. I don't know what happened in between, but in 1933, the monster's legend began to grow. At the time, a road adjacent to Loch Ness was finished, offering an unobstructed view of the lake. In April, a couple saw an enormous animal, which they compared to a dragon or prehistoric monster, neither of which they've seen. So that's interesting. The incident was reported in the paper, and then many sightings followed. Loch Ness had attracted numerous monster hunters over the years and several sonar explorations. So the two biggest ones were in 1987 and 2003. So they're still doing this shit. I mean, 2003 is almost 20 oh, years ago, which is my know, but They're still looking for Bigfoot. That's true. Good point. Um, none of those were successful. The famous picture taken in 1934, which is the one with the head, you know, the black and white one with the head sticking out, was discredited in 1994 as, like, being, like, wood on a stick or something. Yeah, I actually saw a special on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that kind of shit. I love that kind of shit, too. I would totally... First of all, you know I'm obsessed with Scotland. For some unknown reason. Well, that show. Guys, another recommendation. Shetland. But, um, Mimi, Karen, and I are obsessed with Shetland. It was like... Shetland? it was like Broad Church, but set in Scotland. Oh, Broad Broad Church, I loved. Mm-hmm. That was great. It was so good. I mean, I and just staring at the the vast ocean okay. side, the sea. Now I want to bring up some sea shanties. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Okay, Jenny. So why do you live next... in Pennsylvania if you're so obsessed <laughs> by the sea? I know. I know. I know. She shows them a harpoon that she suppo- that he, the husband, supposedly put in the beast and then gave Kezia the harpoon for their wedding present, like you do. <laughs> it was November 1832 on a lovely morning. Harry Walsh was on the lake and spied a tremendous head coming out of the water and touching the sky. Just now, just then, they're interrupted by an approaching wagon. Like, I was really getting into Kezia's okay. story there. Yeah, she's a storyteller. So there's a wagon coming down the road. It's Dick Bag from the bank, Mr. Flint. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He's kind of nice. Yeah. Like, he feels bad about this. You know what part you you missed? What? When Albert caught a giant bass. Yeah, do I care? Was it a delicious bass? Did Albert catch a, a delicious bass? <laughs> <laughs> you remember what that's wrong. Napoleon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is Jenny Mr. Flint. I, Jenny and I love Napoleon Dynamite so much. Yeah. So much. This okay. is Mr. Flint. He legit seems upset about it. Yeah. So he's come to collect her taxes and she says she's not paying them. Now, for my all of my English majors out there, your antenna are going up right now because this is the complete reenactment of Did you ever read that short story of Rose for Emily by William Faulkner? No, no so one who was sa- not an English major did not read that. It's the same kind of thing. Uh I beg to differ because probably 10 years worth of my students have read it and they're all not English majors, but I make them read it every year. So it's the same kind of thing. I think it takes place in South Carolina, maybe somewhere in the South. Maybe Georgia. I think it's Georgia. And Emily is like a recluse and she's locked away in her house and she's kind of the old money. It's the clash between the new money and the old money. She's the old money and she owns this huge estate that her father has left her that they've never paid taxes on because they don't think they should. And, like, people have been trying to get her to pay taxes forever. And long story short, she finally, there's a guy who comes to town, Homer Barron. They see her with them. They think that she's starting to become part of the town. And lo and behold, he disappears. They assume he left her. Then when she dies, they discover his body was inside the house the entire time. And she had been seen buying arsenic and poison. Okay. But it's kind of this clash of new money and old money. And town traditions. And what do we put up with from people because it's tradition. And I feel like this, we're hitting this with Kezia here. Because Kezia, like she, you know, she doesn't want to pay taxes on this. This is just a home that she found that she takes care of. Yeah. Yep. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? I don't... Why am I paying taxes? There's well, no like, roads coming out so, here. I don't have garbage yeah. pickup. Yep. Cops aren't you coming al- to help me. You also missed another vital piece of this whole scene. Oh, go ahead. When um, Polly attacks Reverse Lafayette Beetle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that there's a lot awesome. of... 
there's a lot of fighting in this. The bird's legit. (laughs) So Mr. Flint tells back to the story now, but side note, Rita Rose for Emily, it's a great story. I got it. Or don't. Um, Mr. Flint tells Kezia that her taxes have been paid by the new owner and her house has been auctioned off and the new owner will take possession tomorrow. And uh, social justice Laura, Laura goes crazy. Well, I don't blame her. Like, 24 hours to get off the property? Yeah. And and they're like, who would be mean enough to do this? Really? Are we seriously thing. asking this question? We already know the answer to that. Well, it could have been, who was the dude in Winoka? Larrabee? No. Oh, the dude in Standish. Winoka. Standish. It could have yeah, been Standish. Standish came to Walnut Grove, drove three weeks to Walnut Grove to, to kick Kesey off her lake. He could just be trying to terrorize Charles and Caroline. Okay. So Kezia tells the kids, like, she wanted to live out her last days there, and she just really didn't have the money to pay the taxes. All right. In another installment of the ongoing series, Nels Olsen has no idea who he married. Nels is appalled when he He's discovers surprised. And what a horrible person. has bought Kezia's lake house out from under her. Really, He's Nels? shocked at what a horrible person she is, again, for the 600th time this month. But Jenny, the question is, is he mad enough to go Winoka now? But <laughs> that's fine. Did you hear Harriet say she's going to bring culture to the plebeians <laughs> of Walnut Grove? Do you remember that? The yeah. video game? What video game was that with the plebs? It was called Caesar. Plebs. Plebs are yeah. needed. Plebs yeah. are needed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. It was Caesar 3. I have looked for that to play I now. found it. You can Where? get it on... You can get it on um, Steam, I think. I found it somewhere. Are you sure? I don't think they had it for yeah. Mac. Oh, uh, well, the computer you're getting from me, you can boot Windows. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. You'll have to talk me through that. Okay. Yeah. So then Nels, now, now remember I told you to put a pin in before that Nels wanted to go to the lake and couldn't? Now Nels says, you know what? I'm not going with you to the lake. Screw you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Was he He's invited? In some way. Okay. I don't think he had that option. Then he tied the he tied Harriet to the bedpost through her corset because he was, was like tying up dark. her corset the whole time. That was a little dark. A little dark. When Okanels is fun. He's creeping in a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. At the Garvey's, Jen, Jonathan is oh, hanging. Oh my God. Jonathan is hanging a moose head on the chimney, and Alice is not having it. This is not cool decor. No. Like it's massive, it's giant, it's ridiculous. Like, but but it fits with the decor. It's a cabin. It's too big. It's too big. It needs to be smaller. Like a deer would be good there. Yeah, the I moose is overpowering. It's half surprised. of the, it takes up the whole friggin' fireplace. I was surprised they had the mouth, the glass eyes. Then maybe they didn't. Who knows? Okay. I'll tell you what. Um, taxidermy is an interesting field. If you see it when it goes wrong, it's hilarious. <laughs> there's, there's, there's definitely shit list on the internet of that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So he says Jonathan's like, I'm really proud of this moose head, and Alice is like, I bet the moose was too. Oh boy, pretty good one, Al. Andy hates it too, and he's just upset about Kezia, and he questions Jen in Michael Landon's voice. Why does the government make old people pay taxes? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Jonathan Garvey says it isn't fair and they need to change it. Okay. Good luck on that. But I was thinking, like, Michael Landon, we know, was a conservative. 
you know what yes. I mean, was in that line. This is not a conservative message, is it? At the time? Republicans hate taxes. They want no taxes. That's true. More, yeah. The Democrats true. want to tax and then have government programs to, like, okay. you know, help people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Republicans think you I, keep all your money. Why was I thinking that Reagan was all about At least taxes? the rate. At least the Reagan Republicans. No new taxes. He was no new taxes. No, that was... He was all... Wasn't George Bush read my lips, no new taxes, and they went... Oh, maybe taxes? that was him. Yeah. But they're... they're the, George the, Bush that, Sr. All those conservatives are... They're anti-regulation. They're anti-taxes. Okay. All right. They want to keep all their money. Okay. So Michael Landon's falling in line then with what yeah, we know about totally. him. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can't think he's wrong about this book. I'll get to that later, but... All right, so Jonathan's like, it isn't fair. They need to change it. Hey, bud, let's go frogging and forget about this. Yep. So they go frog. Okay. I don't even know what frogging means. But okay. I don't know either. At I'm the Ingalls. It's catching frogs in some way. Yes. That's what I assume. With the net. I but do what do you do frog? when you catch them? I don't know. I have no idea. Jen at the Ingalls, public enemy number one is over for dinner. Rev is over for dinner. <laughs> and he's legit worried that Casey is going to straight up kill Miss Olson. Mrs. Olson. He really is, Jen. So when you are nervous that there's going to be violence and it's going to be a super stressful situation, who do you bring with you? Rev goes himself. No, Rev brings the kids. Oh, he brings two children, right? He brings, he the, children brings the children. Yeah. Maybe he thinks Kesey won't do anything crazy in front of the children, but he's wrong. I don't know. I said, like, Laura wants to go, and Pa says nope. But Rev thinks it's a good idea, and I wrote, what could go wrong having children witness an evil rich person buy the land out from underneath the beloved senior citizen? <laughs> How could that go wrong? <laughs> How could that go wrong? Well, and Kesey has done crazy-ass shit before. That's why the kids like her. Yes. Jen, the next day the showdown happens. Is it Sunday? Is it Sunday? 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 Okay, I gotta turn my computer down. We don't know. So the next day the showdown happens. <laughs> she's outside with the harpoon, right? Yes, yes. And she's like straight On up threatening balcony. to murder. She's like, I'm gonna murder you. Like, I'm gonna murder you when you come here. Could you imagine this happening today? Like, somebody on a balcony waving around a weapon, screaming that they're gonna murder people. Would you want children to witness that? Well, Willie's no fool. He's like, I'm not getting out of this carriage. Yeah, Willie's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He's no fool. So Rev is trying to talk her down. Eventually, Harriet comes out of the wagon, and Kezia does come down. And Kezia tells Harriet, look, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yep. And then they start fist fighting. They get into, like, one of those, like, cartoon fights where there's, like, dust and legs and arms flying mm -hmm. out. And, and Rev Paul, gets in the middle of it. Rev is in the middle of it. <laughs> They're all fighting, and it's hilarious. And Polly is screaming, fight, 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 which yeah. is TV gold. And the kids are just kind of like, yeah, like, come yeah. on. All yep. right, this is good. Guys, Kezia is 80 years old. And Rev's gotta be like up there too, right? They're all in a big fucking heap. And they're kicking Harriet's ass. Yep. Okay. Now, Rev grabs them both by the hair and tells them to work it the fuck out. Harriet says, alright, Kezia could stay, but she must sleep in the shed. Okay. Kezia That's a says, shitty deal. Kezia says she has no choice. She'll sleep in the shed. And again, I wrote, she's 80, guys. 80. Yep. Harriet's 
depravity has no bottom. I know, it's terrible. There's no bottom. All right, Jen, so now we see a bunch of people outside the lake house. It's a few days later, and Harriet is trying to shoot a bow and arrow and fails because, as she says, only Indians can shoot these things. Oh, my God. Okay. All right, Harriet now calls Kezia out of the shed where she is sleeping with a horse. Is the, I was like, did I see a horse in that shed? <laughs> and she comes out, she's all dressed up. Yeah, because guess what, Jen? Harriet has made her a servant. Oh, my God, this woman. I feel like this was the plot of an 80s sitcom or something. Yeah, okay. Where somebody owed somebody money and they made them their servant. Uh, it sounds like indentured servitude. It's which like a was movie or something. Hundreds of years. No, of no, no. But, society. but it was a sitcom. Mimi's tell us. Tell us what Sounds I'm like a of. funny indentured. Wait, a sitcom about indentured <laughs> servitude. Okay. I also remember Jenny. Sounds this very was, 80s. I also remember this was a thing when we were kids. Like, we would bargain in this way. Like, I'll be your slave. We would say slave, which I know it's not PC now at all. But we would say, if you do this, I'll be your slave for a week. Do you remember that? Yep. I feel like I used to do that to you all the time. Yeah, you probably did. And it was not great. Okay. Not great. Okay. I was just working for Jenny for a very long time, guys. (laughs) It still is. (laughs) But, like, what what would you have me do? I don't know. I wasn't doing anything. Okay. Edit podcast. podcast. I do edit a lot of podcasts. Okay. So then I wrote, wait a minute, Harriet literally owns Kezia? This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And Kezia's like, well, I have nowhere else to go, but, like, she didn't live indoors before, like... No. I don't know, I feel like anything's better than this. Like, couldn't they move her into Laura's barn? Like, for Why is she not living in her open-air house next to the church that she was in when she first came in in the episode The Cast Off? I think that got bulldozed. All right. So, that night, Carolyn is reading Br'er Rabbit to the kid. I didn't realize Br'er Rabbit was that old. And she's all animated. And Charles yeah. is here for it. But I have a question. What? We see Carrie again. I think we just addressed oh. this in, our, in The God Sister. But, like, th- like, I don't know who brought this up, but it's true. Like, she is probably, like, nine. And she's acting like a four-year-old still. Yes. Yep. It's super weird. Super weird. Like, she hasn't aged at all. Like, Mary is married. <laughs> you know what's going to And happen? having children. And Laura's, like, going to be a teacher and, and is, like, a, like an older teenager. And Carrie's still somehow four. Grace is going to catch up to and maybe <laughs> eclipse Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? who is writing this? So the Br'er Rabbit story is about a rabbit scaring people out of their house, and we could see the, the wheels turning in Albert. Albert mind. is a mastermind. He's a criminal mastermind. And then somebody said something about getting put to bed, and Charles is like, if your mother reads me a story, I'll go to bed. What was that? It was like a little... Okay. All right. So in bed, Albert tells Laura, I got it. We could scare this bitch out of this house. Yeah. But yeah. we need Kezia's help. Okay. Next day Harriet is once again entertaining. By the way I put in the Mimi Bees a nice picture of Harriet's bathing suit. I saw that. And I do agree that after COVID that's the bathing suit I would like to have. Yeah. Because I'm translucently white <laughs> and COVID has not been kind. <sighs> Alright. So Harriet's entertaining and Miss Olson runs and dives in the lake and everyone claps. Kezia says Mrs. Olson swims like a pregnant penguin. Was it Mrs. Olsen or Nellie that dove in? No, it was Mrs. Olsen. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
The kids get, I thought she fell in because she was completely dressed. Yeah. Okay. okay. The kids get Kesey's attention and they tell her the plan and she's like, I think something like the Loch Ness would work or something like it, like a monster in the lake, and they all catch them. Albert's hatching a scheme like Don Corleone. Yeah, Albert's pretty good. I don't hate Albert. No, I don't. He's actually pretty funny. Albert the Bastard has really come <laughs> to be a good character. <sighs> All right, so that night, Harriet is sleeping, and there is the... You know what it is? Albert brings that mischief back that Laura's starting to lose. Yep, yeah. Yeah. That night, Harriet's sleeping, and there's a loud bellow outside her window. Willie and Nellie are freaked out. They're like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, like, are they going to attack Harriet in her sleep? It's like a huge horn. It it was creepy. Kesey is outside and tells Harriet, oh, it's the Lake Kesey monster. It's a lock monster. And Harriet laughs it off, but Willie's like, no, no, no. I learned about the Loch Ness Monster in school. It's real. Yep. The real thing. Miss Beetle, like, really telling him the Loch Ness Monster is real? 100%. I mean, at this time, they didn't know if it wasn't real. That's true. Kezia says he rises on the night of the full moon, and it's revenge for a mate that was killed over 100 years ago. And Kezia said to Harriet, it's your monster now. But I have a question. So Nellie and Harriet and Willie are all dead asleep. And like yes. Laura and these kids are like out. Like did they sneak out of their house? They must have snuck out because they are out. It's like it's gotta be the middle like, of the night. It's late. Yes. Yeah. I think they snuck out. So Jen, Kesey's like, it's your monster now and the Olsons are like, Nope, nope, we're not buying this and Harriet tells Kesia, if I hear that monster again, you'll be fired. Don't you have to pay someone to fire no, them? She doesn't have a job. Right. It's not right. a job. This is not a job. This is right. indentured servitude. Okay. The kids, Jen, they're not giving up. They're like, we're going to create a monster. Harriet's not fooled, though. So they no, got to up the ante. They got to up the ante. So the next day, Laura goes to Olson's to buy some glue and tacks, and Nell's like, what are you working on? I'd like to encourage children's educational project. He's like, I'll just donate what you need. And so Nell's gives Laura all the tools that she needs to build the monster to scare his wife off Amazing. Amazing. I feel like he would have given her double if he knew what the project was. That's true. Meanwhile, the boys are going to the mill to grab some wood scraps. They have three days to build the monster before the full moon. And in the meantime, they'll just continue to scare them in little ways, like with the horn and shit. And they talk about the head of the monster and we see the, the wheels turning in Andy's head. He's going to go get that move then. Well, did you like how, um, I think it was Laura was like, we should ask Pa for help or something. And Albert's like, no, no one can know about this. Like, he's like all crazy. Well, and Laura's like, Pa would actually probably be on board with this. (laughs) And uh, I think he would be. Yeah. Like, if my kids told Timmy they were doing something like this, Timmy would be in on it. He'd be like, I approve of this. Good idea. Okay. So at the lake, the kids and Harriet, again, in full bathing suit dress, are in the lake, and the kids are lurking, and they have snorkel. Yeah. They're reeds. They're reeds, probably. Right, but they're they're functioning as a snorkel. Correct. Yeah. They look like bamboo. Yep. Yeah. So they go underwater, and they grab the legs of the Olsons. Now, how did they not see these snorkels sticking up no, out no, of the no, water no, no. coming right at them? A, B... Laura didn't grab Harriet Olsen's foot. She bit it with her teeth. 
I Go missed that. It. Go watch oh, it. Go watch shit. it. Wait, yeah, they showed it? it? Yes. Go watch it. Jenny, what would it take for you, not in a sexual way, to bite <laughs> a stranger's foot? Uh, like maybe could, like two grand or three grand. What could I offer you on a subway to just lean over and bite somebody's foot? Wait, is this person on a subway? Yes. Oh, that changes things. They look clean. They look decently there. clean. It doesn't They're matter. Decent. It doesn't matter. Everyone is gross around the subway. It doesn't matter how clean you are. Like you just subway, as soon as like. you descend those stairs, you become grosser. Like it just it's inevitable. I feel like it has to be on the subway. So how much oh, money are we talking? God. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to go five grand. What if somebody was like, I'll pay off your mortgage? Oh hell, I'd be biting feet away. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'd be like, bring your friends over, I'll bite their feet. If someone's gonna pay my mortgage off? Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright. But how do they not see the snorkels? It's literally going right at her. It's, it's so crazy and they freak so out. Wait, can we discuss though that they jump out of the water and they think it's a crab that is are there crabs in lakes? <laughs> in ponds, you mean? No. I don't Nor think lakes. so, right? This no. is freshwater. Now hashtag Amy knows shit about nature. I do know there's not a crab in a pond. <laughs> okay. Okay. That we know of. Jen, Harry orders the kids to go get Nels and tell him to bring out the shotgun. Yeah. Oh, shit. At the Garvey's, Jonathan comes home. He's super tired. He heads right for bed when he notices there's no moose head. And that's all we see. Yeah. Of that scene. not happy about it. End of story. Yep. The next day, Keezy is hanging out, just sharpening her harpoon on the front lawn, as you do. What did the bird do? Because I just have, for this whole scene, the only thing I've written is, this bird is boss. I don't, I, I'll be honest, I do not notice the bird. Oh my god, that's the only thing I don't notice. on the bird. I don't look at the bird. Oh, I know what he's doing. He's saying full moon, full moon or something, isn't he? That bird is a dick bag. I love him. The next day, or no, it's a full moon tonight and Kesey is getting ready. And we cut to Willie at the Mercantile and he's picking up the shotgun. Can we discuss that Nels is giving Willie a shotgun? Just let that sink in. Just let that sink in. And Nels, for some reason, Laura's there. We don't know why. Right. And Nels confides in Laura that he loaded it with blank. Which I wouldn't trust that. Because you don't know. Harry could get it, shoot it, reload it. I wouldn't trust that. Jenny, we've seen this go awry with Brandon Lee filming The Crow. I know. That was So, so tragic. I think Gen X knows. We inherently... We're, we're, we're terrorized by blank bullets. We're, we, we're, we don't trust it. We don't trust anything, don't but trust here's it. a pro tip. Don't trust somebody who says they put blanks in no. their gun. Do nope. not trust it. No. I don't Do even trust, trust me putting blanks in the gun. I don't trust that <laughs> those bullets got labeled correctly. It's just a risk you can't take. It's, it's a, risk a risk you can't, you can't take. take. No. I agree. Like, I'll, I, have a, I have a container of blanks that I just bought off of Amazon. Aim. And Amazon. That I just brought off of Amazon. And I'm going to be like, I'm just going to shoot these blanks at you, cool? No. You're not, no, no. You're not going to be okay no. with that. Right. No. no. So that night, the moon is full, and Kezia is serving the Olsons their dinner. Outside, the kids are gathered in their costumes. The costumes are pretty elaborate. Yes, they are. Yes. Yeah. They did not make those out of burlap, burlap, tax, and glue. No, no, no. way. There's a set designer involved. 
They talk about the shotgun having blanks, and they said that they told Kezia about this. I don't know why that matters, but it does, apparently. I don't apparently. know. The noise starts, and the Olsons start freaking out. They grab the shotgun and run outside. They see the monster and the moose head. They're screaming, and Harriet is just waving that gun around. She has the gun under her chin at one point. She has it facing her chest. I'm shocked she didn't put it in her mouth. It looked like she was going to. Like, it is wild, the way she's waving around this weapon. So, Nellie's screaming, shoot it! And Harriet's like, yeah, shoot it! And then Harry, uh, Nellie's like, you have that gun! <laughs> so Harriet starts shooting, and just as she does, there are some Roman candles going off, coming out of the eyes Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Moose. It was pretty crazy. They it ruined was, this moose. They ruined the moose, but it is officially, cha-ching, Carl's Jr. approved. Yes, totally. He would love this. He would love this. He'd be all over this shit. He'd be all over this shit. Yep. So they're all excited. Harriet runs. She takes off. They're They're literally running home. The kids pop in to see Kezia. They're, like, hugging, laughing. Everybody's happy. And then some actual monster comes in with moss all over him. It's Nels. It's Winoka Nels. I think it is Winoka Nels. It's Winoka Nels. he's chill as fuck. He's chill as fuck, and he's laughing his ass off that his family was just terrorized. Yeah, he's like, I had to come out to see what all the fuss was about, because, you know, my kid came and asked me for a gun. Yeah, And um, I come out, and I saw what happened, and I was laughing so hard I fell in the lake. Wow. 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 Instead of rescuing his screaming family, he laughs himself into the lake. Laura's like, you're not going to tell on us, are you? And he's like, I will never tell on you. Nice. And then Kezia tells them, get ready, I'll make you some dinner. Yeah. Dinner. That's it, end of episode. I don't know, that dinner looked good, though. Yeah. Jen, whose fault is this? This is Rev Alden's fault. Why? This is Rev Rev Alden. Rev Alden needs to have a full-time job keeping Harriet from kicking Kezia out of various places that Rev Alden was the one that suggested that Kezia stay on with Harriet, which is going to be a bad scenario. We just know that. Why didn't he, why didn't he, as the head of the Christian church, help find housing for Kezia? Yeah, somebody would have taken her in. Help her find housing. Where's, where is Mr. Edwards' house? How about a hotel room? I'm sure that booked all the time. How about the bachelor shack? How about the bachelor shack? How about the rum shack in the woods? Yeah, there you go. I, feel like I mean, at least you wouldn't destroyed. have to be somebody's indentured servant. I just feel like Rev's suggestion, I mean, I don't know if he thought that, like, Harriet would get to know her and be, I don't know what he thought, but it was a bad idea. Couldn't they give her a room at the blind school in exchange for her helping out, maybe? Well, and as soon as Harriet said, you could stay on as long as, like, you do all the chores around here, Rev was standing right there for that. He should have been like, nope. That's not what's going to happen. Yeah, that's not part of it. And, like, got her different housing. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, so what I just suggested might appear as its indentured servitude as well. However, exchanging room and board for work is not a crazy idea if the room and board are suitable environments. Suitable. You shouldn't have to live in a barn with a horse. And you're not, like, in your 80s. Right. Like, she yeah. could go live at the blind school. She could have some easy sure. job where, like, maybe yeah, she sure. reads stories to the blind sure. kids or tells them stories. Sure, whatever. And then in exchange, she gets this nice little cozy room and they, she gets food. 
So is this Adam and Mary's fault for not hiring Kezia? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Jen. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took with us, and we think about how it shaped our view of the world or how it, you know, sat in our generation or manifested itself in our lives. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why Gen Xers are terrified to swim in lakes. (laughs) I am. I know, we've discussed this before. Yes. And are just totally grossed out and freaked out by lakes. That's, I am. That's a really good Although I, I was swimming in a lake recently. Like, I don't mind jumping off a boat and getting into a lake, as long as it's like a deep lake and there's not like gross stuff all around me. Nope. Like, I can handle that. No. Mm-hmm. I like the ocean. I'm fine with the ocean. No. You don't like the ocean? I'll go in the ocean, but the minute I start to touch stuff that's furry, I'm out. What are you touching that's furry in the ocean? Like, you know how you get algae and moss? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. Not moss. Moss is not in the ocean. But, like, anything that's... Seaweed. Uh. Sea- yeah, no. I'm out. But I do like the ocean a lot. No, so I don't know. There's something about the stuff in the ocean that's okay to me. Okay, so here's my hashtag Amy Science. Here's my thoughts on the ocean. I don't hate the ocean as much because I feel like since the water's in constant motion... It's cleaner somehow. It's salt water. So that feels cleaner. Yeah. And it's in so constant it motion. So nothing is going to sit there. Yeah, true. Like in a lake, something is sitting under a rock waiting for me to come in. Okay. Okay. All right, Jenny. So my why is, and this is something I've railed about many, many times, but I'm going to do it again. This is why we need a different way to fund school. And we cannot rely on property <laughs> taxes. <laughs> Property taxes are fucking high. And yes, they are. Pennsylvania is one of the highest states. I looked it up. So I found this article on NPR because I was wondering, like, how did we start with this idea that we fund schooling through taxes? So NPR did this series. It's called Why America's Schools Have a Money Problem. And Was they, it a segregation thing? No. It is a segregation thing now. Like, it's become yeah, okay. um, systemic racist, mm-hmm. racism. Like, it, it's borne out in that way because, right. you know, where you live, where the property values are lower. I'll get into that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. started, Jen, with Satan. Satan? Mm-hmm. Like Satan, like Prince of Darkness? Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Okay. So, in 1647... Massachusetts Bay Colony colonists were worried. Nothing this, good came out of that place. This Nothing is good right came out of that place. from NPR, guys. I'll put the link in the Mimi Bees. So in 1647, Massachusetts Bay colonists were worried. New neighbors were arriving and many could not read. Puritans considered literacy key to their survival of their faith. Teach every child to read so that every child could read the Bible. Yep. And so the colony created a remarkable new law. It began, quote, it being one chief project of that old deluder Satan to keep men from the knowledge of the scripture, end quote, and ended with a mandate that towns of more than 50 families must hire a teacher. And that law also required that the teacher's wages be paid for by either the parents or the masters of such children or by the inhabitants in general. So this law reflected, this is a quote by Ben Justice, a professor of education history at Rutgers, This law reflected the idea that the local community was responsible for the well-being of all children, 
not just out of a sense of altruism, but because the whole community depended on it. So that's where it started. Nothing good came out of Massachusetts Bay Colony. No. So now in the U.S., school funding comes from a combination of three sources. The balance varies state from state by state, but on average, it is 45% local money, 45% from the state, and 10% federal. The thing so, that blows my mind is that we have so, some of these like laws like this is what the 1600s mm-hmm. like why have we not rethought that model at any point in history well so this goes into there are a lot of lawsuits coming up and the federal government has essentially wiped their hands of it they've said they've ruled in a case i think in the 60s that um even though they don't agree that it's correct and thurgood marshall wrote a dissent saying this um, they don't think it's correct. They don't see that there's constitutional standing for the government to control where school. Yeah, their money. no, that makes sense. So, yeah. so they open the article with this example that there's two school districts in Chicago. One is the Chicago Ridge School District in Illinois. They spend $9,794 a year on each student. They have a nurse that commutes between three schools, two elementary schools, share an art teacher, a music teacher, blah, blah, blah. It's bad, okay? Just across the river, there's a school that spends $28,639 on student. Wow. The class sizes there are small, and every student has an individualized learning plan. The kids have daily breaks for mindful movement, and lunch is cooked on site, including a dairy, daily vegetarian option. Those are the differences. And yeah. all because in that neighborhood, the average median income is $100,000. But it's not like based here. on your income, it's based on your house value, right? Right. So they have higher but, value houses. Yeah, people yeah. move there yeah. because there's nicer houses and more valuable houses. But the actual tax is based on the value of your house. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But who can afford to right, buy right, the right. houses no, no, right, that, yeah. that have high value? Yeah. So this is the problem, and this is why school funding needs to be completely rethought, because we are segregating schools yeah. without knowing it. Now, the federal government is supposed to make up that difference, and they do try to be a leveler here. Like, they try to send more money to the school districts that need it. But that often doesn't happen. The The federal government contributes very little to our education. Now, I think if you're going to continue to stay with the property tax value, whatever, that you put all that money into a pot and you divide it equally among yeah. the school districts of the yep. state. But, yeah, like just collect for the whole state. Yep. So anyway, that's my that's my why. Like, So is this Satan's fault? Might be Satan's fault. <laughs> Rev didn't stand a chance. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? So our next episode, we're skipping a couple, I think. We're going to do Season 5, Episode 21, The Enchanted Cottage. The description reads, Mary begins to see a bright light every time she stands in front of a window. The possibility of her regaining her sight is there, but she and Charles must pay a visit to Mary's eye specialist and sleepy eye to get a definite answer. Oh, we get to see that bastard again. Mm-hmm. While they are away... Laura and Albert start working on a surprise project for Mary, and the Ingalls family becomes concerned about Adam's really strange behavior. Oh, interesting. He's starting to act like a maniac again. Okay. All right. All right, Jen. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you soon.
There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a bully of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down, or below my bully boys blow. <gasps> Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. She'd not been two weeks from shore when down on her a right whale bore. The captain called all hands and swore he'd take their whale in tow. <laughs> Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Da 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 Before the boat had hit the water, the whale sail came up and caught her. Hands to the side, harpooned and fought her when she dived down low. Soon may the willow man come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. No line was cut, no whale was freed. The captain's mind was not of greed. Indeed, the lad. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.